Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio. 630 Chad. 136 in Edmonton. Royal Pizza, Pizza Pass, and so much more. Edmonton owned and operated for... 50 years. That's right. 50 years. Royal Pizza, where everything is real. None of that synthetic crap. It's all real. It's big boy old school pizza. Stop for recommendation. Mediterranean chicken. You can visit uh, for menu and locations. they got 14 in Edmonton and surrounding area at royalpizza.ca or download the Royal Pizza app from the App Store. Mark Spector has been kind enough to stay an extra 35 minutes for us today. Greatly appreciate it. 35? You said 15. Well, we got Kurt Hill coming on here. <laughs> Stop Inspector for Horse Racing Alberta. Kurt Hill is the president of GM of the Edmonton Oil Kings. Kurt, you got uh, Bob and Mark with you. How you doing? I'm doing well, guys. How you guys doing? Good. Good. Are you already in Vancouver? No, not yet. I'm going in on uh, Wednesday. All right. Uh, well, uh, we're going to deploy your uh, your knowledge of the Western Canadian, uh, the WHL players in particular, and we'll start with your kids with the Edmonton Oil Kings and Matthew Robertson. Uh, I know, first of all, off the top of your head, how many Oil Kings do you think will end up getting drafted this year, if you were to hazard a guess? You know, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be interesting there. I think there's probably two, I would think, have a really, real good – well, one for sure. Another guy that's, I would say, a real, real good shot. And then we got, you know, a couple other guys that uh, maybe later in the draft potentially get their names called. All right. So the one sure thing, Robertson, Matthew Robertson, the defenseman, it's fair to say somewhere between maybe about 22 to 45 in that range? Yeah, that seems to be about the, the consensus right now. I think there's lots of interest in him. And, you know, I think um, for him it's – Lots of teams calling, so that's always a good thing. Close to the draft, got a lot of teams calling, inquiring about him. So I think uh, that's obviously optimistic for him going into the draft. Yeah, Kurt, you could help us with this. We we discuss almost every week the the difference between these kids coming off the U.S. developmental team and how they you know play kind of on an all star team, and it's all these really high end players playing together all year, uh, and then they get in the draft against you know guys that play for individual CHL clubs or universities for that matter. Uh, is there an advantage? Is there, you know, how does that play out when you're looking at a, a you know, you're a general manager of a team. It's not an all-star team. It's a good CHL team, but you're not an all-star team. You got to build it the normal way. Uh, is there a draft day advantage for the American kid, or does it really matter? Well, I think throughout the season for the development team. I know last year when I was in Chicago, you know, we we talked about their group a lot, and yeah, they're. They, were, they do a good job with their program, exceptional job with those guys being the environment that they grew up and they developed in. And I think the fact that, you know, there's so many high-end guys on one team, the, the amount of looks that scouts give them a year, a lot of times, I mean, maybe some scouts come see Robertson play five to ten times if they really like him, whereas the development team, you know, they're going to they're gonna watch that team play 50 times. So, you know, those, those kids getting that extra look, I think, at the end of the day and, you know, playing in the international events, which not all the kids in the CHL get to play in, um, you know, there's definitely a little bit of an advantage there for sure. Uh, you mentioned uh, Matthew Robertson. Uh, 
you know, what do you see as strengths and what do you think will make him appealing to NHL organizations? Yeah, I know his strengths, I mean, he's a, for how big his size he, that he has, he's able to move so well on the ice. He's got a long, tall, lanky, lanky stride to him. And, you know, his ability to make first passes, so calm and composed. And, um, you know, for us, too, he's a workhorse playing almost 25 minutes a night. So, you know, teams are going to be really, really interested in, obviously, the size that he brings to the game and his hockey sense and ability to make a first pass out of the zone. Here's what we know. Uh, the Oilers are... Uh, they've got the centermen. They're, I don't know where they're, who they're going to draft with the eighth overall pick. But you watch the Western League, Kirk, closer than anybody. You know all these guys. Uh, put on Ken Holland's hat for a minute. Let, let's throw out a defenseman. Let's say you're drafting a forward just for fun, the sake of this conversation. Uh, out of all the guys, the high-end guys that are top ten players coming out of the Western League, and you've watched all of them, Kirby Dock, Krebs, uh, Dylan Cousins, which of those guys has the assets, have, have the right tools that you could see them being a really nice fit with, you know, a high-end centerman like the Oilers have three of? Is there one guy that stands out that might just be the better goal scorer of the group? You know, this, it's interesting. Like, they all do it in a little bit of a different way, and that's where... You're talking about Doc and, and Cousins. They're so close, but at the same time, they score in different ways. One's a little bit more of a power forward. One brings a little bit more skill to his game. So I think they're so close where they would be slotted in the draft. But I think it's just, you know, as an organization, what you're looking for, if you want a little bit more of a heavier player that can still score off the rush a lot and pound down the wing, take pucks to the net, or you got another guy that, that can do a little bit of that, but at the same time brings you know, a real high-end skill dynamic to the game and has the ability to kind of run a power play unit on the half wall and bring that element of things. So I think for the Oilers, both those guys are obviously very, very elite players in the league. And they, they bring a lot of the same things, but they have a little bit of a, just a little bit of a different dynamic when it comes to that, that skill piece and that power forward piece in my mind. Kurt, some have suggested to me, and I mean, I've seen Kirby play a fair amount now. I have not seen as much of Cousins, and when I did, it was in the U18s. Uh, a comparable might be for Doc, Ryan Getzlaff. Um, and remember, Ryan Getzlaff was a little bit of an inconsistent player in junior when he played for the Calgary Hitmen. And, and then in terms of Cousins, some have compared him to Jeff Carter. Do you think, and those might be favorable comparisons, but do you think there's something to that, that maybe Cousins might be a little bit better shooter and uh, Doc might be a little bit more of a playmaker? Yeah, you know, I could see that. I think at the same time, though, and, and, you know, they have a lot of those same attributes as those guys, but I also think both these players skate a lot better now with where the game's going and trending today. Both these guys can move pretty good. And not to say that those guys are, they're, they're elite players in the NHL, obviously, and, and can move, but these guys now, it's amazing how fast you got to be and your ability to have to play at such a high-end, high tempo. And both players, I mean, they both have the ability to do that and, and you know, keep their skill assets up to a high standard. So, Bowen Byram seems to be, uh, you know, all us experts out there, Kurt. <laughs> we got him going third to Chicago. Um, where does he, you've watched a lot of junior hockey players, a lot of defensemen at 18 years of age coming into the draft. Maybe put into perspective uh, how good Byram is, how much he stands out, uh, you know, in your career watching these guys. F- slot this kid in. How good is he? Oh, well, he's phenomenal. I think like, we did an exercise earlier in the year, myself and Jamie Porter, our head scout, and I'm looking at defensemen that have scored over 20 goals in the Western League. And 
it's extremely, extremely difficult to do that. If you go down the list and try to find guys that scored over 30 goals in the Western League, like that list, it's minuscule to find defensemen that have actually put up those kind of numbers in our league. So for this guy being a 17-year-old and run over 20 this year, and obviously with all the overtime, it just seems like he's the kind of guy that raises this play when... I know that, uh, Yeah. We, we lost you there for a second. I uh, will let the listeners know that uh, Byron had 26 goals this year. That led WHL goal scorers, uh, seven more than Connor McDonald from the Oil Kings, who was second. Uh, Chris Russell had a 30-goal season in the Western League, but that was after he'd been drafted already. Uh, playing for the Medicine Hat Tigers, he had 32 goals and 69 points, and Byron had a great playoff as well. All right, uh, Kurt, back to the Oil Kings for a second. So Matt Robertson, we know he's going. Give me two or three other players that... Uh, uh, his names might be called out maybe more likely on day number two in Vancouver. Yeah, I'm Vladimir Alistrop had an exceptional year for us. You know, first year over in North America. Um, you know, I think he's a guy that showed a lot of in- lot, teams had a lot of interest in over the year. He's got high-end skill, and I think with him, it's just teams really interested in how much more and how much upside there is for him to develop. Still growing into his body and, and just the high-end skill goals that he scored this year. I mean, some of them are... I think we were doing our plays of the year kind of tournament there the other day and using like he had like three of them so um what he can do with the puck's pretty amazing so i could see him potentially getting his name called okay uh what about david cope as an example you think he gets a look yeah david cope i know interest from teams throughout the year um you know big guy guys teams really like the way that he can move move with the puck again another guy that's kind of a tall lankier build and teams see a lot of upside there when he starts to fill out and and what he can become found a way to produce his 17 and 18 year old years in the league so there's definitely a chance there later on the draft and one more for you kurt and it's a tough one uh the whl has not won a uh the whl champion has not won a game in the round robin over the last four years of the memorial cup since leon Drysettle and clona rockets did back in 2015 so the question i have for you is uh are we starting to feel the effects like i look at where cousins in particular has fallen off on some of the boards are we starting to feel the effects of that for the Western League? Does the Western League maybe not get viewed the same way it did, you know, seven to ten years ago? Uh, you know what I mean? Because it, it appears like the OHL's pulled ahead a bit. Yeah, you know, it's interesting. I think us having 22 teams out here it's, um, and a smaller player pool definitely comes into consideration. And, I, uh, you know, trading out here is just a little bit different than those leagues. They seem to find ways to get big deals done and, kind of flip players back and forth year to year where teams out here i mean it's a little bit i don't know if it's loyalty but you're you're really trying to develop your program with the parity in the league things are so close that i think a lot of times you feel like you're so close to winning why would you move one of your marquee guys where out there it just seems like they go in full rebuilds and they're willing to move out those marquee guys and then in return two years later teams are willing to flip them back so just a little bit of a different look in each league right now all right, Kurt, great stuff. Thank you for joining us on Oilers Now and giving us a look at some of the WHL players available for this year's draft. You bet. Thanks a lot, Bob. You bet. That is Kurt Hill. He is the uh, president GM of the Edmonton Oil Kings. So Robertson maybe somewhere 20 to 40. Okay. But the next two years, they got two more guys. Jake Neighbors is going to probably be a top, well, I, I would think he'd be a top 15 pick. And then Dylan Gunther, he's goal scorer. Mm-hmm. And so in two years from now, he could be a... He should be a top 10 pick, so exciting times there. Do you want to blast? Well, you get- I was going to say, one Oil King that's been coming up uh, of late, I've heard his name. Oilers need a goal. What about Tristan Jari? Oh, I'd have interest in trading for him. Would you? Yeah. 
What would the acquisition price be? Mm, I mean, they've they've moved. Um, oh dear, the name of the backup in Pittsburgh. Past him, he's been passed in the organization. Yes. Yeah, Casey DeSmith is the Thank backup. Thank you, DeSmith is the guy. That's the name I'm looking for, Bob. Uh, Casey DeSmith has passed him by. Okay. In the organization, I would think that, uh, and he's a young player. Matt Murray's a young goaltender. Yes. You know, I mean, you don't give up a first rounder. Would you give up a second rounder? Not giving up a first rounder for him, no chance. But second round, I mean, third round. The the Oilers got Stuart Skinner. They got Olivier Rodrigue last year. Second round. None of those guys are ready to play in the NHL. We're talking about an NHL goalie this year. And and I question and I ask you: Is Tristan Jarry ready to play thirty-five games? How can you say that based on what he hasn't been able to do so far? That's a tough one. I'm asking you that. I'm not telling you that. Yeah, no, no, I don't, Mark. I, 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 that to me. I like the price point because I think he would be like sub seven hundred and fifty thousand. Well, he'd be he'd be inexpensive. Is he on a one way deal? Got to find a. He should be. I think now. I think he's on a one way this year too. Which okay. I would. Well, I, I, he, I, listen, the numbers. It's the acquisition that, price. The the price tag will be low because he's got no NHL experience. Uh, he's a goalie that you have to look well, at. I'd certainly we think a, he can play. We like him better than Pittsburgh does. Did you like Alex Petrovich? Did I like Alex Petrovich? I don't he, know why. Because he costs you a third-round draft choice that yeah. you don't have. Actually, they do have a third-rounder. because yeah, they, they got the, the Islanders. They got the Islanders one for the Davidson trade. The only pick the Orders do not have in this upcoming draft is a fifth-round pick. They do not have yeah. one. Yeah. Uh, Just throwing it out there, Bob. I might I might be willing to do that. The thing is, if it doesn't work... Yeah, it's a hot, like that's not a place that Ken Holland is now you to got, take a big risk at. Now you can spend some money, some more money up front. Sure? Right, but you know what? You could have twice the cap, and if you got no goaltending, it won't matter. What do they say? Goaltending is seventy percent of hockey, unless you don't have it. Then it's a hundred percent of 100%. hockey. Mark's gonna read a couple texts with me, and then uh, we're gonna get to this day in Oilers history. Bob Stoffer, Mark Spector, Stoffer, Inspector Four. The horses, horse race in Alberta, reminding you, Century Mile now open out in Nisku. All right, uh, thank you to Mark Spector for gracing us with his presence for an additional half hour today. HRA got their money's worth. We can tell you that. Uh, I uh, do want to mention to you this day in Oilers history. Back in two thousand and eight. The National Hockey League approved Daryl Cates' purchase of the Edmonton Oilers. Uh, Daryl Cates bought the Oilers organization for $200 million Canadian from uh, Cal Nichols Group, the Edmonton Investors Group, who previously owned the team. Do you remember? Uh, Edmonton and Tampa Bay got approved the same day. Really? Yes. It's, you know what? For $200 million, that's a pretty good investment. Yeah. Consider what NHL teams are going for now. What's Seattle paying to get in a league? Six fifty or something? Yeah, uh, U.S. Yeah, the Oilers I think were like fifteenth to eighteenth in terms of valuation with Forbes back in well, 20, 2018. Uh, over what's called buying low, Bob. About four hundred. Se- well, <laughs> wait a sec. The guys, the EIG, bought the team for sixty five and they got yeah. two hundred million. Yeah, good for them. Cal Nichols made those guys a lot of money. He did. Right. So should Cal Nichols be in the Hockey Hall of Fame as a builder? In the Hockey Hall of Fame? As a builder no. for keeping the team here in Edmonton. I love what he's done. I've got the ultimate respect for Cal, all those things, but I think you need to be around longer to be in the Hockey Hall of Fame. All right, one final text on our Heartland Ford text line. Heartland Ford out in Fort Saskatchewan. Bob, can you or Mark address the scouts who believe that Broberg has low hockey IQ, given that uh, Neil failed at the NHL level, largely due to poor hockey sense, and Jesse looks to be floundering for the same reason Aren't the Oilers concerned about half the scouts in the mainstream 
uh, questioning Broberg's hockey sense from Brad. Have you heard that about hockey? Uh, not half the scouts, for one. That's a little high. Uh, is he referring to guys that are putting out these books and stuff well, like that? Well, you never know who he's referring to, but I will say this. When you look back at Broberg's numbers, when he's playing against his peers, he puts up tons of points. He's a very good player. Yeah. He's right there. The only time that he's had no, you know, much less offense is when he's playing against guys that are older than him, which is fairly regular. But I have not seen him play enough to say, but he does not, uh, if he's smart, he'll learn. There we go. Uh, so who's Edmonton taking? Make the prediction. Who are they taking? You know, if a guy like Kirby Doc fell down to eighth, I yeah. think they'll take him. Yeah. I don't uh, see that. Doc's going to the top five. I think he will, too. Yeah. I think he will too, but you never know what's going on here, right? It kind of starts at about five or six, yeah. and now everyone's going. We, got a we know. I don't think Put Colson's going to go in the top uh, eight. By the way, no, he's fallen down for sure, and he's and, and Broberg. The feeling is that if they want him, he'll be there at eight for sure. It's just a question of how bad they want him. There we go. Uh, tonight, Reed Wilkins has inside sports. He's currently out golfing. Tomorrow, I'll be in Vancouver. Craig Simpson will be one of his guests. We're working on a couple others as we speak. Up next, the news, weather, traffic update with. Eileen Bell, followed by the 6.30 Chat Afternoon News with Jayla and I. Have a terrific Tuesday, everybody. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 6.30 Chad.